Amen. Thank you, James. What a great message and song today. James is my prayer partner. It's a joy to pray with him this year. But I love the old hymns arranged in new arrangements and new choruses with it. What a blessing. We have a song to sing. We have a story to tell. And it's not just in this life, but it's for all of the ages. If you have a Bible, please open to Mark 16 this morning, Mark chapter 16. If you don't have one, you really want to follow along today, you can pull a Bible out in the bench there in front of you. Mark chapter 16. Together we have discovered what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. We've answered the question, who is the Holy Spirit? He is the third member of the Trinity. Also the question, what is the Holy Spirit like? The Holy Spirit is a person with personality. He has a mind, will, and emotions. He was involved in the greatest events in human history. He was active at creation. He helped raise Jesus Christ from the dead. But what about today? Is the Holy Spirit active in the world today? And you know what you see? Yes, he is. Among unbelievers, the Holy Spirit is actively convicting them of sin and pointing them to Christ. Among Christians, the Holy Spirit empowers us to live a spirit-filled or a spirit-controlled life that will please God. And one of the most important works of the Holy Spirit is that he actually, he gives us abilities to be able to serve one another in the local church. And these abilities, we call them spiritual gifts. What are the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Right now, millions around the world are extremely confused about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Many have exchanged the, the true work of the Spirit with an, an emotional experience. And so the question is, how can you know what is truly from God? How can you know what is not from God? And there is only one absolute source for the truth about God. And you hold it in your hands. And it is the Bible. God gave us a Bible and a brain, and he expects us to use both of them. The Apostle Paul started a church in a city called Berea. And the Bible says about those Christians at Berea that they were more noble because they searched the Scriptures to see if those things were true or not. And we are to do the same thing. We are to search the Scriptures. Now, you might have a friend, a relative, or a co-worker who practices something called speaking in tongues or being slain in the Spirit. Or maybe they have told you that they had a vision of Jesus. You may have actually participated in this practice yourself, and you might ask, what did it accomplish? You might be wondering, if I haven't done it, am I missing something in my Christian life? I've never had a vision of Jesus. I've never uh, spoken in tongues. Now, in your notes, you'll see that the gifts of the Spirit can be divided into three categories. There are the sign gifts, there are the speaking gifts, and there are serving gifts. And if you have the Holy Spirit, then you have a gift. You may have more than one or a combination of gifts. And we will discover together what those gifts are. Would you please stand with me as I read to you what Jesus said about the sign gifts. The sign gifts of the Holy Spirit, we find them in Mark chapter 16, 
And I begin reading in verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils or demons. They shall speak with new tongues, languages. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they, these apostles, they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. May we pray. Father, thank you for our time together. We want to exalt Jesus Christ in our lives, our families, our church, the ministry of this lighthouse for Christ. Draw people to yourself today. Lord, strengthen the faith of Christians, whether they be in the trial, uh, whether they be enjoying your blessings. May we exalt you in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. You know, for those of us who love history, wouldn't it be the, the coolest thing just to, to step into something called a time machine and to be able to, you know, to, to program in, in a, a date in the past and a location on the dashboard and push a button and then just kind of transform yourself back in time? Have you ever thought about that? If, if there was one time in history that you could live, what would you choose? So many favorite times and events to be able to go to. And so for this morning, for just a moment, let's, let's get into a spiritual time machine. Let's use our sanctified imagination, and let's program in Jerusalem, 30 A.D., and push the button and be able to go back once again as we go to the Scriptures. Now, we know that we can't do that, uh, but we know that, that uh, Hollywood, they, they have a lot of their movies that are centered around the theme of uh, a magical, fictional time machine where they go back in history uh, to be able to experience that. And so let's suppose that we did that, and we, we appear at the moment here of Mark chapter 16 when Jesus is talking to his disciples right before he ascends to heaven. Forty days earlier, Jesus died on the cross for the sins of mankind. Let's make it personal. Forty days late, uh, earlier, Jesus died for my sins. Uh, Jesus died for your sins, and he rose again on the third day of Sunday. He arose from the dead. He has now given his followers a mission. Go into all the world and tell everyone the good news that if you believe that Jesus died for you and rose again, if you ask God to forgive your sins, if you become a true follower of Jesus Christ, you will receive a gift, the free gift of eternal life, the gift of salvation, the promise of heaven. What if you were alive in 30 AD? Jesus gave you that commission. Here's the question. Why would anyone believe a word that you say? A man who died came back to life, and he's the Lord of heaven and earth. Well, the religious people, they already have the Old Testament. They believe it, they follow it, but it's just a shadow of the good news. 
When Jesus was here, multitudes followed him, uh, but now he is gone. Why should anyone believe your message? You couldn't go up to someone and say, let me tell you about John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You couldn't do that. You know why? Because it hasn't been written yet. In fact, the entire New Testament has not been written yet. So you're going to, to say something and people are going to ask, well, how do I know that this is true? To help people know that the apostles are God's real messengers, Jesus gave them and their associates abilities that were supernatural. He gave them sign gifts. Why did Jesus give sign gifts to the apostles and their close associates? There in your notes, the sign gifts confirmed the message they are giving. It confirmed the message they are giving. So look with me at verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven. He sat on the right hand of God the Father. And they, the apostles, went forth preaching everywhere. Why will they believe the message? The Lord working with them. The Lord confirmed the word, the verbal message, with the signs that followed. When the apostles preached Jesus Christ crucified and risen again, people would say, well, how do I know this is true? By the miracles, by supernatural miracles. But it also authenticated the messengers. Look in your notes at 2 Corinthians 12, 12. Truly, the signs of an apostle, signs that belonged to the apostles, were wrought among you in all patience and signs and wonders and mighty deeds. On page two of your notes, what supernatural abilities did God give these apostles? What were the miracles that they accomplished? What were the manifestations, the revealings of the Spirit of God? Now we transport ourselves back to 2018. If you turn on TV, if you search the Internet, you'll find preachers claiming all kinds of bizarre experiences. Do you wonder, do you ever wonder, is there any truth to what they are saying? Did that really happen to them? Well, last week we, we read what the Apostle John challenged us in 1 John 4, 1. Believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. Test the spirits to see whether they be from God because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So this week, let's take a test. I want to give you a test and see how well you listened last week. And no, you cannot pull it up on your phone and Google the message and try and figure out the answer to the test. <laughs> Stick with me. I want to show you some video clips and pictures, and I want you to test the spirits and see if you can conclude if this is true or not. Literally not tens of thousands of people, but millions of people are following the preachers that I'm going to present to you right now. All around the world, charismatic preachers are claiming that God is doing dental work by changing silver fillings into gold fillings. They claim it is a manifestation of the Spirit. 
That is, if you have faith. Watch. God will even supply your dental needs. And there were some people who had a gold crowns and they had a cross engraved in it so you remember who, you, who gave it to you. Amen? Did God do that? So God will even supply your... Did God do that? Do you believe that God turns silver fillings into gold? Yes, no, don't know. You get to vote. Yes, no. <laughs> okay, this was an easy one, all right? <laughs> Uh, as the clip goes on, there, there's a slide and it says, although the woman in this picture has missing teeth, only her uppermost molar received the supernatural gold. It fascinates me that the Lord releases his manifestations in particular ways. You know, I, I'm not so fascinated by this testimony. I'm puzzled. If, if God is at work, why wouldn't he... Fix the missing teeth. <laughs> if there's a cavity, why would he make the tooth whole? Wouldn't that be a more appropriate healing than turning silver into gold? Now, you can say, well, I, I know it's not from God because it's bizarre. That, that's not good enough. That's not good enough. And so last week, one of the four tests I gave you was the Bible test. The Bible test. Did the apostles ever do this? Well, well no. No. Uh, recently, charismatic preachers claim that while they are preaching, gold dust from heaven suddenly appears on them and upon their Bibles. And like it comes down from above. You don't Google it now. Stay with me. But when you, when you Google it at lunchtime today... Uh, gold dust, charismatic preachers, you're going to see dozens of pictures of gold dust appearing. Do you believe gold dust appears from heaven? Yes, no, don't know. Yes, no, don't know. Again, the correct answer is no. Uh, some of the samples have been tested in a lab only to show that it was not gold dust at all, but that it was glitter and cellophane. And yet millions of people follow the preachers who say this. And then there's gems from heaven. In 2006, Glenn Smith was sitting in his living room watching TV. At 7 p.m., the front door opened and his Savior, Jesus Christ, walked in. Right past him into the dining room and then Jesus disappeared. But God left something behind. Gems from heaven. Glenn now says that God has given him over 1,200 gems from heaven. And so if you come to one of his meetings, he'll preach and he'll pass out gems from heaven. Do you believe God is manifesting by his spirit gems from heaven? Yes, no, don't know. Charismatic evangelist Todd Bentley. This is one of my favorites. <laughs> uh, evangelist Todd Bentley claims that he has feathers from angels' wings, and they keep 
They keep showing up when he preaches. Really? Really? Don't let the tattoos fool you. I guess Todd hasn't read his Bible closely enough to know that angels don't have wings. Seraphim have wings. But angels, every time they appeared, they were manifested. And what did they look like? Human beings, men in particular, uh, no wings, no feathers. Now, now, I don't know where the feathers come from. Uh, I know this is kind of a blown up picture of it, but you, he must have some stones there too. But um, 8,000 people, 8,000 people came to a stadium in Lakeland, Florida. Right now he's crisscrossing crossing the country in his van and thousands show up to hear him. Do you believe that angels' wings, that angels are shedding and they're dropping on Todd Bentley's meetings? Yes, no, don't know. Here's one, that the spirit transporting to China. And I'm looking forward to the day when we're so seasoned and being transported in the spirit that we just yield ourselves to the spirit and say, take us to wherever you want us to minister, and away we go. No airports, no airline tickets, no vehicles that we have to drive and just go from meeting to meeting and from glory to glory. That's going to be cool, isn't it? And, you know, it might sound way out, but it's, yep. it's a reality. And as I was standing, I, I, I was at the front of the church, and I walked out to the center of the aisle. And I lifted up my hands. I began declaring this translation, transportation, to the third heaven, to the nations. And as I began to declare this, I had my eyes closed and my hands lifted. When I opened up my eyes, I was standing physically, I was standing inside an elevator full of Chinese people. They were under my armpits. They were in front of me. They're behind me. Everywhere these Chinese people were, and I was in this elevator. The doors opened in the elevator, and the first thing that came to my, my mind was not, you know, oh, great, I'm having this wonderful heavenly experience. The first thing that came to my mind was, how am I going to get back to Florida? I'm, you know, I'm physically feeling, as I'm in China, physically seeing the people, physically seeing seeing these things around me that were not there when I closed my eyes. And so anyhow, I walk out of the elevator and these thoughts are going through my mind and I just began praying in the Holy Ghost and it was like revelation glory came upon me and a spirit of knowledge just came upon me and began to show me where to go, what to do. And I was directed down the street, I went down the street, went into another building, walked up the stairs. As I walked into this, this, uh, this room, there was a bunch of people that were there gathered, holding hands and praying. Now, it was not, I don't believe it was a, an advertised meeting. I don't believe it was a, a formal church gathering. It was just a bunch of people that were praying in like this, this office building. And so I went in and I joined them. I did not understand a word of Chinese. I couldn't understand. I couldn't speak it. But I went in, I just grabbed their hands and I began speaking in tongues. I just began joining with them. And I remember sharing this testimony because I began ministering to them in this way, just, just in the gift of tongues. He looks like a nice guy. <laughs> Do you believe that Joshua Mills closed his eyes, put his hands up in the air, 
and opened his eyes in China. Do you believe that? No, because it's, it's never happened. It's never happened. I've got a couple of questions for Joshua. A question for you is, is he delusional or a deceiver? You get to vote. I don't know the answer. If you think he is delusional, if you think he really believes what he said, would you raise your hand? Put your hands down. If you believe that he is a deceiver, that he is just bold-faced lied to all of us, would you raise your hand? If you believe that he went to China, don't raise your hand. <laughs> because then you would be <laughs> one of those two. You'd be one of those two. Now listen to what the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians. You can write the reference down. Chapter 11, verse 13. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers, and I'm pointing at one right now, if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. But you say, he looks like a nice guy. He seems so sincere. But it is a lie. It is a lie. No one can close their eyes and transport themselves into another nation. Nor can they go to heaven, nor can they go to hell and come back. It's appointed unto men once to die, and after this, the judgment. Another question I would have for him is, if you can speak in tongues, why can't you speak in Chinese? Why can't you talk to the people that you say you are ministering to? In the next slide, I want to show you our missionary, Beth. She goes twice a year to China, and she flies. She takes Delta or, or American or United, and she takes a passport with her. It sure would be easier if Beth, at the end of her furlough, would just come down front and close her eyes and raise her hands and wake up in China. Wouldn't that be easier? But how would she get her suitcases there? I, I guess that... That, that wouldn't work so good. And you know, Beth, Beth is, is, is fluent in Chinese, but it took hard work and it took, and it took thousands of hours of tutoring and thousands of dollars uh, to, to be able to invest into tutors, to be able to, to learn Chinese. And she has passed the highest level of proficiency in Chinese for foreigners, and it took about seven years to accomplish that. If... The gift of tongues was still in operation. Wouldn't it be just easier for Beth just to open her mouth and begin to speak a foreign language that she did not study? But because of hard work and God's grace, Beth can speak God's love in Mandarin Chinese. She can look them in the eye, and she can quote John 3.16. Uh, a few years ago, Jody and I saw her to do it. I, I shared a, a devotional to a church group, and the Davises and Jody and I, and Beth interpreted what I said into Chinese. At least I think she said what I said in Chinese. Uh, they all said amen, uh, so I'm thinking it was probably pretty close to it. If God was giving the gift of tongues, Beth wouldn't have to go through all that, nor would all the missionaries, including the charismatic missionaries. So what are the sign gifts of the Spirit? If we've eliminated that which is false, what is true? We find it right here in the Bible. 
And so it's not, it's not up for, well, that's just how you interpret it. No, no, it's what the Bible says. In Mark chapter 16, if you have a red letter Bible, this is what Jesus said. What are the sign gifts of the Spirit? Number one, cast out demons with a word or a touch. And these signs, supernatural abilities, shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out demons. Did this ever happen? It sure did. In Philippi, northern Greece, Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, to the demon, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour, Acts 16, 18. Here's another one. To speak in a foreign language. And you can fill in the blank there, tongues. To speak in foreign languages and tongues. They shall speak with new tongues. That is new to them. They don't understand it. What are the sign gifts? Did this ever happen? It sure did. In Jerusalem, in Acts chapter 2, a bunch of country bumpkins from Galilee who never went to a college. They never went to a university. They never went to a seminary. They were able to speak 15 different languages that they had never studied. And everyone said, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. It was the day of Pentecost. It got the attention of the Jews. And then Peter preached the gospel, and 3,000 people became Christians. 3,000 people got baptized. 3,000 people were added to the church of 120. So Pentecost is not the birthday of the church. It already existed. There were 120, and 3,000 were added to the 120. What are the sign gifts? To cast out demons, to speak in foreign languages. Number three, protection from poisons. Protection from poisons. And we find that in verse 18. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Did this ever happen? We have a record of Paul being bitten by a poisonous viper on Malta. Paul was shipwrecked on the island of Malta in Acts chapter 28. Paul is collecting sticks uh, for the fire, and a viper comes out of the sticks. And the Bible says that, that it, uh, the venomous beast uh, was hanging on his hand, and they, they said among themselves, no doubt this man is a murderer, uh, whom, though he escaped the wrath of the sea, yet vengeance suffereth not for him to live. And Paul shook off the beast into the fire, and felt no harm. Howbeit, when they looked on him, when he should have swollen or fallen down dead, suddenly they saw no harm come to him, and they changed their mind. The sign, the miracle, made them change their mind about him. There's no record, no biblical record of any of the apostles being poisoned, but there is a record of Muhammad being poisoned, and that was by his wife, one of his wives. You know, that reminds me of the, the time the Pharisees came to Christ trying to trick him, and, and they told the story of a man who died, and the widow married the brother, which is according to Levitical law, and then he died, and she married another brother, and that happened seven times. The Pharisees asked Jesus the question in the resurrection, whose wife will she be? And Jesus said, ye do err not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God, for in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage." Seven brothers all die after being married to the same wife. The Pharisees were asking the wrong question. They should have asked, what in the world is she putting in the soup uh, to kill uh, seven of the husbands? That's the right question they should have been asking. All right, so what are the sign gifts? Casting out demons, speaking foreign languages, protection from poisons, one more, and that is heal the sick, raise the dead. Heal the sick, raise the dead. And they shall lay hands on the sick, 
and they shall recover. Did this ever happen? I've given you a list uh, there on page uh, 3 of your notes. Uh, yes, the healing of the lame man, Acts chapter 3. The raising of Dorcas from the dead. Paul heals many in Ephesus. The raising of Eutychus from the dead. So in Mark 16, 19 to 20, the Lord works with them, confirms the word, their verbal message with signs. But these signs were temporary. They stopped when the New Testament was completed. Today, our authority is not performing a sign. Our authority is a, the completed Word of God, the Bible that we hold in our hands. And when we share the good news of God's love for the people around us, we say that God loves you, and he declared it right here in the Bible, in the Word of God. There in your notes, the sign gifts ceased. What is the evidence? And the evidence is clear. They are only found in the earliest books. Speaking in tongues is only found in two books, the book of Acts, the book of Corinthians, one of the earliest books of the New Testament. 1 Corinthians 13, 8 to 10 says that they will cease. Romans chapter 12 gives us a parallel list of the gifts of the Spirit. Guess what is missing in the list of the gifts of the Spirit in Romans 12? The sign gifts are missing. Because by then they have already passed away. Secondly, they are not in use at the end of Paul's life. Paul did not heal co-laborers toward the end of his ministry. Epaphroditus was sick, nigh unto death, Philippians 2.27. Trophimus, have I left sick at, at Miletum, 2 Timothy 4.22. Timothy, with his often infirmities. Why didn't Paul just heal them? The sign gives passed away in the middle of the first century with the completion of the New Testament. Now, are we to pray for the sick? Yes, we are. And in the sovereignty of God, the great physician, uh, he can reach down and he can heal supernaturally. He can heal uh, with the natural processes. He can heal with the use of medications, which, by the way, he made back in the creation week. God can heal and God chooses to heal, but God has not chosen to use faith healers in the church age. The signed gifts have passed away. And when you hear guys on the radio saying they put their hands on washing machines and heal them and refrigerators and raise puppy dogs from the dead, don't believe it. Uh, we have a hamster cemetery in our backyard. Uh, we, we, two, we buried two of them. And I did not have the ability to bring those little hamsters back to life. Uh, and neither do the charismatic preachers today. It's just not happening. That is not part of the sign gifts uh, for the church age. One more irrefutable evidence. The end of the sign gifts is confirmed by Hebrews 2, 3, and 4. Now, I've given it to you with some explanation of, uh, of these words. So, so look with me. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which of the first, this great salvation, which of the first began to be spoken by the Lord, the Lord Jesus, and was confirmed unto us? This is the guy writing the letter of Hebrews, confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Who heard him? That would be the apostles. God also bearing them, the apostles, he bore them witness, how? With signs and wonders, and that's the tongues, that's the diverse miracles, that's the gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. And so the writer of Hebrews is saying, he didn't confirm the word to us with miracles. He confirmed the word to the apostles with miracles, and then they told us this good news. And so by the time of the writing of Hebrews, signs and wonders, tongues and miraculous healings, and raising of the dead 
had ceased. So the $64 question is this. If the sign gifts have ceased, then what in the world has been going on during the last 100 years? Well, there in your notes, the marks of the modern charismatic movement the, or the fake gifts of tongues. It began in California a little more than 100 years ago in the Azusa Street Revival. It is based on pagan worship experience of speaking gibberish, not human languages or, or tongues. They identify two kinds of speaking in tongues, human languages in Acts 2 and an angelic language in 1 Corinthians, which is simply not true. Men speak men language and angels speak angels language, but we don't speak angels language. Some charismatics, not many, but some claim that you have to speak in tongues to be saved in gibberish. Most charismatics say you have to speak in tongues in its gibberish if you want to be more spiritual or if you want to be baptized in the Spirit. And most charismatics believe you can lose your salvation, which is simply not true. Now, Paul wrote 1 Corinthians 14 to correct their misuse of speaking in tongues. They brought something into the church that they shouldn't have brought in. The Corinthians had corrupted the true gift of tongues by bringing in into their services a pagan, ecstatic gibberish that was common in Greece, not too far from Corinth as the city of Delphi. And there was a, a fissure uh, in the ground, uh, and, and through the cracks came up noxious noxious odors, and we see it happening today in Hawaii, don't we? It happened over the weekend. And they would put a priestess in there, the priestess of Delphi, and they would give her some, some different uh, herbs, and she would smell this, and she would babble a gibberish, a nonsense. And then for money, uh, people came from all over the Roman Empire, uh, and they would uh, pay them money and ask questions, and the priest would interpret the gibberish for them. The oracle, you can read all about it. So this is why Paul wrote 1 Corinthians 14 to correct this, this misuse, this corruption, this abuse that they had brought into the church. And so you see in your notes, what did he say? Strict rules were given to speak in tongues. Strict rules. It has to be understood and interpreted by everyone present. Josh Mills is wrong. He's wrong. He said, I, I, you know, I don't understand what they're saying. I, he clearly didn't understand what he is saying. Uh, only one person at a time could speak in tongues. Tongues were to be assigned to Jews, to unbelieving Jews who needed to be present. No more than two or three can speak in tongues in a service. Women were not to speak in tongues in a service. But Paul said, I'd rather, I'd rather speak five words you can understand than 10,000 words of nonsense. Jesus died and rose again. How's that for five words? Jesus died and rose again. Five words you can understand, then 10,000 words of nonsense. The gift of tongues ceased with the completion of the New Testament. Now, what is the application? What does this all mean to me? Well, number one is don't be deceived. Don't be deceived. There are many false prophets in the world. Search the scriptures daily like the noble Bereans so you can be strong in the faith, Acts 17, 11. Number two, you are not a second-class Christian if you walk by faith. You turn on the TV and you hear this fellow say, oh, oh well, you, you need to speak in tongues every day. If you want to be a strong Christian, you got to speak in tongues every day. You heard another one say, oh, a, a miracle a day keeps the devil away. The Holy Spirit decides which gifts he gives to whom 
and he, he, he will never give one gift to every single person. Doesn't happen. He, he divides to every man severally as he will. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3. Look what Jesus said. Jesus said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are they, this is you and I, blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus said, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after what? A sign. A sign. Herod said to Jesus, do a trick for me. Show me a sign. And Jesus was silent before Herod because his heart was not right. God will not give you a reason for every trial of your life. And if you're in the trial, he does expect you to continue to trust, continue to believe, continue to obey. This is when you will experience what has been written in the footprints, footprints poem. One set of footprints in the sand and the dream because there were two and now there's one. Why? Why, God? Why did you leave me? And that's what Jesus prayed. My God, why hast thou forsaken me? He never forsakes us. The one set of footprints reminds us that he carries us through our trial. First Peter 1, 7, that your faith might become as pure gold. God has not abandoned you. God will carry you. One more, one more message. What does this mean to me? Be patient with people you disagree with. Be patient with people you disagree with. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 24. And the servant of the Lord must not strive, but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, the deceiver, who are taken captive by him at his will. Just, just because someone is confused about spiritual gifts does not mean they are not Christians. Listen closely. They could be your brothers and sisters in Christ. You're going to spend eternity with them. They may be loving God as best that they know with the little knowledge they have. Now, the, the preachers and the deceivers are another story. But the followers... The followers need loving, tender care with the truth. Speak the truth in love. Many people are just mumbling some gibberish that has no value. John MacArthur says, if you have a choice between mumbling gibberish and gossiping, it would be better, it'd be better to mumble than to gossip. Mumbling has no value. But gossiping about others, oh, that's evil. That's evil. So let's not be quick to cast the stones. A spirit-filled Christian will humbly serve other Christians with the gifts and abilities that God has given to them. As we think about spiritual gifts, my question is, are you delighted to serve? Are you delighted to serve God? Are you delighted to serve others? That's why he gave you gifts, to bless others. May we pray. Father, thank you.
Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the clarity that we have when we rightly divide the Word of truth. I thank you for the Gospel of Mark, the words of the Lord Jesus, so that we do not have to be confused, we do not have to wonder, but we can see what you did in history, and we can also see what you're doing in the present. Help us, help us with grace to speak the truth in love. Help us to discover how we are to serve, how we are to help, whether it be from the nursery or singing in the choir, picking up trash, teaching and preaching and sharing our faith. Whatever we, whatever we are called to do, may we be quick and joyfully minister for you and to others. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You'd say, Pastor, if I, if I died today, I know I'd go to heaven. I have the Holy Spirit abiding in my heart. I am saved. I am born again. I'm trusting in Christ alone for my salvation. Would you simply hold your hand up high all over this auditorium? I'm saved. I've trusted Christ. Thank you. You may put your hands down. You'd say, Pastor, I think I'm saved. I hope I'm saved, but I'm not sure I have some doubts. And the Spirit of God has convicted me and touched me today. I want to open my heart to be saved, to trust Christ alone. Would you simply raise your hand? You can call upon the Lord right where you're seated. I want to be saved today. Anyone at all, would you simply raise your hand? I want to trust Christ as my Savior. Father, now help us. Help us to have deep roots of faith and truth that we will not be shaken by the false winds of doctrine and error that are all around us. Lord, help us with grace as we encounter others that are confused or that are following deceivers. Help us with kindness to open the Bible and to show them what you've revealed to us in your word. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As we stand together, we'll sing a song of invitation this morning. As we sing to the Lord, only trust him, only trust him. May you trust God. May you walk by faith, whether you're in the trial or not. May you'll just believe God. You'll trust God. You don't have to see him. We walk by faith, but one day our faith will become sight. And let's trust him as we sing today.